Hello, welcome to the Athletics Baseball Podcast with your host Taylor, and welcome back. I hope you all had a great weekend. Today, we are planning on talking about two new players to the Oakland Athletics. That would be, first, Ryan Noda, the prospect from the Dodgers minor league system, who is primarily a first baseman, but also a corner outfielder. He's played about as much first base as outfield, and uh, we picked him up in the Rule 5 draft. So we're going to start off talking about him, and then we're going to talk about the A's free agent signing of Trevor May. That's right, another free agent signing in the uh, hot stove of Major League Baseball, and the A's are spending money. The A's are uh, spending like a hundred times more on free agents than last year, <laughs> or some, something like that. Um, very, very interesting and very welcome as an A's fan. Uh, I'm sure we all feel this way. I I wish that we could have had just a little bit of this, maybe like five million spent on like two free agents last year, just so that we could have avoided the hundred loss season, which really was not fun as a fan. I'm sure you all know. I felt like we actually could have just spent five million on two league average relievers and that maybe that alone would have would have avoided that hundred loss season so yeah that that was kind of frustrating from my perspective and now it's you know we're we're actually doing that it's it seems like and I think even without this, we would have avoided the 100-loss season for this year. I think we're going to be better, you know, just because our our young guys are already going to be developing quite a bit. But this is a step in the right direction and, and might lead us towards that 75-win season that I talked about, I believe, on the last podcast that uh, would be would be lovely. Before I get into these two players, I just want to remind everyone that you can reach me with questions, suggestions, comments at athleticsbaseballpodcast at gmail.com. And you can also find me on athleticsbaseballpodcast on Instagram. So if you haven't already, go ahead and, you know, check that out. And It'll remind you of any podcast updates, and also when the season starts, we'll be trying to post daily uh, starting roster notifications and updates for for the team. So go ahead and uh, give us a give us a follow on Instagram and rate and review this podcast wherever you uh, listen to podcasts. If you enjoy if you enjoy this podcast. Now, that said, uh, let's talk a little bit about Ryan Noda, and I think that this is a great 
Rule 5 draft for the A's, and I think that A's fans are going to really enjoy this guy, and I think that we might enjoy it a little bit better because it's a free gift from the Dodgers. I don't know if other A's fans feel similarly as I do about the Dodgers. Um, I'm not going to go as far as to say that I necessarily hate the Dodgers, but I don't love the Dodgers. I am an A's fan, obviously, so I love the A's, and I don't love a lot of other teams other than the A's, but the Dodgers beat the A's in a World Series, and the Dodgers get the media love, and the A's do not get any love, so, (laughs) you know, um, the Dodgers are one of those teams, sort of like the Yankees, that get to splash their big market money around, and often get to become the eventual enjoyers of A's talent. And it's kind of nice if we get to enjoy some Dodgers talent this time around. So hopefully he turns out to be pretty good for us. And, you know, the A's have done pretty good off of Rule 5 drafts before Mark Canna was a Rule 5 draft, uh, as well as others. But let's, let's get into Ryan Noda. He, like I mentioned, played first baseman about half of the time defensively, and the other half was split between left field and right field. He is a big guy, 6'3", 217. That's what he's listed at. I've seen a couple videos of him in the last year, in in 2022 season, and, and I think he might be a little bit bigger than that now. And I don't mean to say that he has gotten fat. I think that he has added some strength, and he's looking strong, he's looking big, and uh, very athletic. And I saw a home run hit of his where it didn't really look like he put that much into it for for the swing and sent the ball probably 440 feet down center field. And I like that. <laughs> I think you like that. And he might be more around 225 at this point. Uh, He is, from what I've seen, it's hard to get defensive metrics from minor league players. That data is not as as readily available as major league players. Uh, But from what I've heard, he, from what I've seen around, he is probably about an average defender, maybe a little bit above average at first base, and around average in the outfield. And he's a very athletic guy, so I think that he could probably do decently at any three of those positions in the major league. I think that we will probably be looking to give him a lot of chances at first base, because first base was not a stunning position for us. You know, we had Seth Brown playing a lot of that, and Seth Brown, we need his bat in the lineup. But I'm actually going to do a little bit of a player comparison between him and Seth Brown. I think that he could end up being a little bit like Seth Brown with more walks and more strikeouts. 
and I think, you know, last year we needed Seth Brown in the lineup, and we still do. Last year he was our second best bat, I think, or or our best, probably second best bat. And um, he was really the only player that was giving Sean Murphy any help in the lineup on a consistent basis, because when you only have one great batter, then pitchers can pitch around him a lot more and not really give him anything good to hit. And if you have a totally stacked lineup, then it becomes way harder to pitch around let's take uh the Padres. If you have a if you have a lineup with Manny Machado and Juan Soto and Fernando Tatis back to back to back, who do you pitch around there? You you can't. You can't walk one of those guys because if the next guy gets a home run, then it's, you know, so we didn't have that as the A's at all. And you need that a little bit. We you had, well, we had it a little bit with Seth Brown and Sean Murphy, but this is uh, basically if you could have added another Seth Brown into the lineup last year, then you would have because it would have made us better. And I think this is basically going to be adding offensively sort of another Seth Brown. But also, as a rookie, with a lot of chances to improve. And as a rookie, he is a little bit on the older side. He's going to be going into his age 27 season. But I've said it before and I'll say it again, I I don't think that that's necessarily anything wrong with with him or or with other rookies coming in because we the rookies the you know that are coming in now they were in the minors during 2020 covid season which unfortunately they didn't play at all there was no minor league season in 2020 and that just kills the development of these guys and at at the minimum even if it doesn't kill it what it does do is delays it by a year so what you would maybe be seeing is if it wasn't for that he'd be making his debut at 26 years old and you know that that's not too bad that's still he's not like a young guy with that but he's not you know it's not like somebody's making their 29 year old MLB debut he's sort of a three true outcomes style of player a little bit with decent batting average, really, really good on-base percentage, and a lot of power in his bat, and also with some speed on the bases. Let's let's go into some of his minor league slash lines. As a rookie at 21, out of college, in the rookie league, I should specify, 365 at batting average, 507 on base, 575 slugging for a 1.082 OPS, which is amazing. It's fantastic, and it probably indicates that he didn't really need to spend his whole season in that first year in the rookie league, because a 507 on base is just 
ridiculous. His first se- that was his first season. It was amazing. His strikeout rate was still pretty high, but it was the lowest it's been in the minors, which makes sense because it's the rookie league. He struck out that season at a 21.7% rate, which is still pretty high. For comparison's sake, take a look at Seth Brown's strikeout rate, which is pretty high. Last year at 2022, it was 26.3%, so a little bit better than that, but 21% is still not a fantastic strikeout rate. Let's let's look at another batter like Tony Kemp, who only had a 12.4% strikeout rate. That's, on the other hand, a, that's a really good strikeout rate. Um, Sean Murphy, 20.3% strikeout rate. So uh, you can see that that rookie season, he is, he was a little bit worse at strikeouts in the rookie league than Sean Murphy was last year in the major league. And it just got worse from there, strikeout rate-wise. Um, but it's okay because he sort of balances it out with a really, really high rate of walks. In single A, he batted 256, 421, 484 for a 905 OPS and a 25.6% strikeout rate. He also had a 20.7% walk rate that year, which that's a pretty high walk rate. That's pretty good. <laughs> that's a, that's a bit of an undersell. I should I should clarify that for you that that's a fantastic walk rate. That's double what Sean Murphy was being walked at last year. That's double what pretty much anybody gets walked at in the major leagues. High A, he batted 238, 372, 418 with a 790 OPS on 469 plate appearances. He was he's getting over 400 plate appearances every season in the minors. And except for the rookie season which was, you know, it's the rookie league is not as long. 276 plate appearances on that. But the high A season for him was probably his worst. His batting average was down, his on-base was down, and his slugging was also down. I don't know if there was some some injuries that year or or maybe he just was working through some things, uh, changing his style, something like that. But that season... He only had a 15.8% walk rate, which is still really high. I say only, but it's low for what he had done before. But just pointing out that it's gone down that year, and then his strikeout rate had gone all the way up to 29.4%, which is pretty high. Double A, he... So then, alright, he missed the season... That didn't happen. He didn't miss a season. It just didn't happen, right? So then the next year he comes in where he would have come in the year before that in Double A. Uh, Twenty-five years old, batted two fifty, three eighty-three, five twenty-one for a nine oh four OPS. Which I don't know if it was during the off season or during the season that didn't happen <laughs> that he fixed something or, or improved or what, but he came back for 2021 with 
a pretty good season. That season, he he had a 15.6% walk rate with a 26.7% strikeout rate. And he hit he hit 29 home runs. So he he had that power that season. Last year, he did even better with a 259 batting average, 396 on base, 474 slug, 870 OPS, which is fantastic. And he walked at 16%, struck out 28.2%, with 25 home runs and 20 stolen bases. So double threat, speedy guy, which is really impressive given his size. But like I said, he's a very athletic guy, so it's not that surprising that he has a little bit of speed. But, you know, his strikeout rate is still really high, and that's really the only thing that you can look at with him and say that you just, if you could fix one thing, you know, if you could lower that to just a consistent 20% strikeout rate, that would be fantastic. And I don't see it happening, at least not anytime soon. However, he's still going to walk at 50% more of a rate than anybody else on your team. So maybe it's something you can live with. A three true outcomes guy works as we've seen in in the recent years in MLB and my prediction for his performance over this next season assuming that the A's stick with him and give him his 500 plate appearances that he should be getting i believe and and also i think that would be crazy if we didn't give him 500 plate appearances and keep him on the team the whole year and turn him into an A and see what he can do. I think it would be crazy. But my my guess, because, you know, he's jumping up to the majors, you expect a little bit of regression. I'm going to say a 230 batting average, 350 on base, 420 slugging for a se- about a 770 OPS, which I don't know if you heard my last podcast about Jace Peterson and Aledmus Diaz, but the both of them are are probably looking at around a 700 OPS season. So that's that's why I'm saying it would be ridiculous if we didn't give this guy his shot. Because if we can get a guy on his rookie, his true rookie season, he hasn't even spent one day in the majors. If we can get a guy like that who's going to bat a, a 750 OPS for the season and play league average first base, well, we should we should get that guy, shouldn't we? <laughs> and I think that he's probably, if he gets his shot, he's going to maybe steal 10 bases, hit about 20 home runs, walk 65 to 70 times with about 165 strikeouts. So, I think uh, that's sort of what we can expect from Ryan Noda, and I'm excited about it because we're not expecting 
to have some sort of a magical season this year. But if he can put those numbers up this coming season in 2023, if he can perform pretty decently, then he's only going to go up from there. You know, maybe in another year or two, he'll be back up to some of those numbers in the minors. Maybe we'll be seeing a 250 batting average with a 380 on base and a 450 slugging. And you're going to be looking at a pretty solid option on any team in the league with a performance like that. So why don't we go ahead and talk about Trevor May now? He is coming from the Mets, played for them last year and the year before. He is a right-handed reliever, six foot five, I believe. Yeah, six five, two forty. So big guy, big mound presence, right-handed pitcher, and he's going into his thirty-three-year-old season on a one-year contract with the A's for seven million dollars, with an additional potential uh, incentive pay of five hundred thousand dollars based off of performance, and I like this signing for the A's for a couple of reasons. I think that, like I had said earlier this podcast, what we needed last year, probably to avoid the 100-loss season, was just one or two veteran relievers who could be consistent and reliable, people who you can turn to when a game is on the line, people who can you can count on to sort of lead the bullpen and lead the mentality and morale in the bullpen. And you need guys like that. And everything that I've heard about Trevor May is that he is a fantastic presence on the team, that he is wonderful for fans to watch, that he's a lot of fun. He, I think he's done some podcasts. He has a Twitch stream where he streams video games, and, and fans love it. And his performance last year was not great. ERA-wise, 5.04 ERA, but he was struggling with injuries and his return from those injuries. So you can't look at that as representative of how he pitches and how he will pitch this year. Official projections have him coming in with a 3.72 ERA and back to uh, 62 games pitched, 62 innings, which is on par with what he would normally pitch during a full healthy season. So that's really just going to be the key for him for this upcoming season, is for him to stay healthy. And if he can do that, I think that we're going to be really happy with both the leadership and the performance that he provides for the team. And the other the other reason I like it and the reason that the other reason the A's signed him for this deal is pretty obvious to some that if he does well and stays healthy, then the A's get to flip him to another team at the trade deadline. He gets to go to a contender, which would be great for him, and I would root for him in that case, you know, and and we, the A's, the A's fans, we get a new prospect for just a, basically a couple million dollars, which, if you can 
if you can buy a good prospect for a couple million dollars, then you would do it every time. You know, it's it would it would be nice um, for all of those reasons, for the A's performance and for the A's minor league system. It, I am definitely pulling, and and for him too, because he seems like a great guy. I am pulling for Trevor May to have a great bounce back year, stay healthy, put put in a a three point seven, maybe maybe three point six, three point five ERA, and. Um, yeah, just have a just have a great return from those nagging injuries that he had last year. So, I'm pulling big time for both of these guys, Ryan Noda, Trevor May. Hope you have great seasons. I hope that all of you have a great week, and I will talk to you guys on Thursday when the next episode drops. Thanks for listening. See you next time.